It's time for WAKR's This Week in Tech with Gene Destro. This Week in Tech is brought to you by Cartridge World in North Canton, your home for copiers, printers, and supplies. This week, how a new University of Akron research project aimed at recycling lithium-ion batteries could not only help recover precious metals and clean up the environment, it could also, perhaps help the U.S. stay out of needless conflicts overseas. University of Akron professor and chemistry department chair, Dr. Christopher Ziegler, explains. It's a National Science Foundation grant. program is called Partnerships for Innovation, and it's going to support developing new technologies to recycle lithium-ion batteries. So that's pretty important because it's hard to get lithium, right? Well, I mean, lithium is difficult to find. It's not a common mineral. And so, of course, whenever we build things like batteries, we would like to be able to reuse lithium. One common misperception is that batteries consume lithium. That's actually not true. Simply, the battery degrades, and but all the lithium is still there. So if we could recycle not just lithium, but other metals present in these batteries, that would really help with our sort of reliance on natural resources, it'll be a much greener process. Now, not being an expert in the field, I'm imagining I've got a big pile of batteries in front of me. I'm thinking, well, you'll have to melt them down and then sift out the important parts. Is that what you would do or something different? These are the batteries that we're using in things like electric vehicles and in devices like cell phones or tablets or computers, these lithium batteries. When a battery comes to the end of its life and no longer be used, we'd like to be able to recycle the materials. And so we would take the basically the parts of the battery. There are two parts, what's called an anode and and what's called another part called a cathode. And then basically we'll grind them up and and to prepare them to extract the metals. The problem is, is that it's it's not just pure lithium. There's other stuff in there. And uh, for example, one thing that's in the batteries is an adhesive, also known as a binder, but it's basically a fluorinated polymer. And of course, you can't have that come along for the ride in the recycling process. We have to remove it. And so the technology that we're working on is to develop new ways to extract that polymer, this binder, from the lithium and the other metals in there, including manganese, cobalt, copper, nickel, from those metals, then have this mineral material, which we could then reintroduce into the manufacturing process for new batteries. And I would imagine the University of Akron is probably a good place to be talking about how to remove polymers because polymers is kind of your thing over there, right? Sure. Yeah. So we're very familiar with polymers at the University of Akron. And so what my, so there's, there are two of us working on the proposal. I'm I'm one of the uh, primary investigators. We also have uh, Professor uh, Siamak Fahad in the Department of Mechanical Engineering. So my part of the proposal research is to develop methods to use solvents to remove the binder, remove this polymer from the used battery components. And then Professor Fahad is going to then introduce this technology in a device, a new process, so that we can reintroduce these recycled materials to fabricate new batteries. Oh, okay. So you've got the battery, let's say, from a car, and -hmm. it's all ground up, and you run it through one process that takes out the polymers. Mm -hmm. Then you're going to run it through another process that separates the materials out more. Is that the idea? 
Yeah, so once we extract the polymer with the solvent system, then of course we need to separate the liquid from the solid. We want to hold on to the solid. So we may have to do some filtration processes, and then we're going to figure out how to incorporate that into the standard battery manufacturing process to make new batteries. And we believe this will improve the efficiency of new fabrication device so that we can save potentially 10 to 15% of this material known as the cathode material in new manufacturing. And that will reduce the cost, hopefully, by 4 to 6%. Now, that sounds like not very much, but you know when you're dealing with recycling, it is a game of, let's like football, a game of inches. Well, I would imagine this would be pretty important as we move towards more EV technology, more cars, more different kinds of electric vehicles. So would this be the kind of thing that could be incorporated at the plants that make those kinds of batteries for cars? Exactly. We're trying to actually bypass the third-party buyers and sellers of recycling materials. If you could imagine having a recycling unit there at the battery manufacturing plant so that you could take the used battery material and seamlessly integrate it into new batteries manufacturing. It would be a cost savings. It would also save time. You know, it also would eliminate the need to sort of utilize valuable resources from other countries. It's hard to get hold of metals like cobalt or lithium. You know, we don't necessarily want to mine it here in the United States. And of course, we don't want to be dependent upon other countries for these minerals. So being able to recycle batteries is going to be an important part of moving forward to utilizing electricity to power our civilization. That sounds great. I just read something the other day about, one, the difficulty of finding adequate supplies of lithium and then kind of the foreign policy or other kinds of concerns you have when you have to import so much of it from other countries. Maybe there's a supply chain issue or maybe there's some sort of a political uprising in in the country where you're getting it. I heard that there was a discovery of a significant source of lithium in this country. It remains to be seen whether or not that's going to actually pan out. But I do like the idea that we'll be able to recover more. And would this also be like out of cell phones as well? Yes, that's correct. Cell phones all use, and other um, portable electronic devices all use lithium-ion batteries. And so as we increase the number of electronic devices that we use day to day, of course, we have more and more batteries. I have teenage girls, and of course, they're, they're into their electronic devices, and I can't tell you how many cell phones they've gone through. And of course, for each one of those cell phones, you know, there's there's a lithium battery that has to be eventually recycled. I really like the sound of this. I mean, I'm of an age where I remember when disposable everything first kind of came into vogue. Well, just use it once and throw it away. And it seemed like such a brilliant idea, I guess, in post-war America in the 50s and 60s and 70s. Use your razor one time and throw it away. But now we've got this huge waste problem. And I don't think that people necessarily appreciate how difficult it is to recycle electronics like their computers and phones and other kinds of electronic things, whether it's from a car or not. So electronic devices, whether it's a battery for an electric vehicle or a cell phone or a computer, it's not just about simply eliminating the waste. 
These devices have precious materials in them, elements, like I mentioned, cobalt, manganese, nickel, and lithium. And so it's simply not putting them in the sort of dealing with the landfill problem. It's actually getting precious materials that we can use to make new devices. And so there's another priority too, of course, we would like to be able to do this in a green process. It's not going to be able to put a strain on our environment. One could eliminate the polymer binder present in these batteries by simply heating up the substance and burning off the polymer. Of course, that would create gaseous waste byproducts. And some of them are not very nice, things like hydrofluoric acid, which is a very acidic material. And so by using sort of cleaner methodologies that can sort of very efficiently extract the binder from these cathodic materials, these battery components, we believe that we can not only efficiently and in a cost-effective way, but also in a green way to sort of reuse these materials for the manufacturing of new batteries. That sounds great. So tell me about this grant. How much was it for? And you mentioned about kind of a proposal. It sounds like the grant isn't going to pay entirely for the whole process that you do there, but it might give you a jump start on it. Is that how it's going to so go? So it's focused on moving the technology from the laboratory here at the University of Akron, potentially into a startup company. And so we were funded for two years for $250,000. This really can be considered as seed money for this technology transfer process. And so a lot of what we're doing with these funds involves proof of concept. So identifying and making a new process testing it in sort of assembly of new batteries. And then once that works, we can then look at, for example, private investment, other types of federal funding to further grow the technology. If you had to guess, how long will it take you to get from concept to startup company? Would Do you think you could do it in two years or will it take longer than that? Well, you know, you never know how long these particular challenges will take. Sometimes things can move very quickly. Sometimes it takes longer than you think. The grant lasts for two years. I know that in the discussions with Professor Afahard about implementing this stuff in startup ventures pretty quickly. I'm on the fundamental side of the investigation. I, I work in the, in the Department of Chemistry, and Christopher Hard's more on the industrial side. So this is really sort of a meeting of the two basic science and applied science areas. So we'll see how it goes. It Definitely, there's a commercial need for this type of technology. There always are going to be bumps in the road. We have some wonderfully talented and very excited graduate students working with us, and they really want to move the technology forward. So I'm very optimistic that we're going to be able to start having a viable product within the program period of two years. Now, this question might come a little bit out of left field. So if you don't know the answer, no big deal. But I saw this really interesting article the other day about research being done in uh, a couple of different countries where this one group had, I think it's in Norway, they're using this giant vat of sand and they warm the sand. I mean, it's like tons and tons and tons of sand and they use the mm -hmm. sand as a battery, essentially to store solar energy. And it's kind of the stopgap between solar energy and wind energy. And like when there's a lull in those, had you heard about that? Yes. Yeah, so that, that's one of many different types of technologies that are being used to store energy when it's not available. One of the advantages of fossil fuels is that you can always run the plant burning the fossil fuel 24-7. But when you're reliant upon solar energy or wind energy, 
then these types of energies are intermittent. Of course, solar energy, you know, you can only get the electricity when the sun is shining. So what happens at night? And so there's a lot of research into technology to find new ways to store energy. Examples include, for example, simply taking water and moving it higher in elevation to a reservoir when you can collect energy from the sun or from wind power. And then when you need energy, you can then release the water and power a hydroelectric plant. So there are lots of strategies like this. Of course, the one that we're using are batteries. And so we are effectively uh, storing voltage in a device. The element that we're using to store the voltage is lithium. And so lithium will release electrons that creates a voltage, which we can then use to power our devices. Okay, that's great. I mean, I just have been fascinated by this whole kind of alternative battery technology and also with the idea that we could take existing batteries like you're talking about and use them over again. I also read something this week about how Apple, for example, is spending more and more time and money, but getting, I guess, a decent return by taking devices back and not necessarily recycling them, but stripping them of the elements inside of them and using those again. That's correct. And there are lots of actually precious elements inside of cell phones and other electronic devices. Elements like gold, for example, is oftentimes used in electronics. And these are precious elements. And so you don't want to simply dump the used phone into a landfill. You'd like to be able to uh, take it back and recycle it. And that's going to make the costs lower for the manufacturer. And it's going to enable the consumer to have a nice iPhone, for example, at a lower price. I would imagine that, and maybe you know, if going forward in the future as they make these devices, whether it's the batteries that go in them or the different components, if recognizing now they have to start kind of reusing them, if that's going to change the design or the manufacturing process so that it makes it easier to use it all over again at the end. Yes, I think those strategies are going into current electronic design. Certainly when circuits were first produced, you know, back at the beginning of sort of the computer age, the end of the 20th century, people were not concerned about recycling materials. But now lots of thought is being placed into recycling the metals that go into circuits. They're also the manufacturing processes themselves. They want these processes to be greener and better for the environment. Also, one other important aspect is minimizing the amount of precious resources that go into making circuits. If you can make your circuit with less precious metals, then you can make a limited resource go much farther. That was University of Akron professor and chemistry department chair, Dr. Christopher Ziegler, and I'm Jean Destro. Thanks for listening. Stay happy and healthy, and we'll see you again next week. This has been This Week in Tech with Jean Destro on WAKR, brought to you by Cartridge World in North Canton.